This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I see. Welcome everybody to New Wednesday War Games. We are back in the new year in a new decade of the Wednesday Night Wars. This, this Wednesday Night Wars has been spanning two decades, Liam. Oh, I wanted to be the first one to make a stupid decade joke. I got there within the first 15 seconds, so you, you really you really have to step up your game. I was waiting until like AW, we started talking about AW and I was be like, wow, AW is really winning this decade. Uh, really the the best episode of all elite wrestling of the decade, but also the worst. AEW uh, has had a hundred percent success rate, while NXT has had a zero percent success rate on shows in the desk in the decade. In the desk aid is what I was gonna say. Who is your favorite member of the Ring of Honor stable of the decade? I don't know who's in the decade. Who was in the decade? Uh, Hangman Page. Mm-hmm. I want to say BJ Whitmer. This is going downhill. And Jimmy Jacobs. It's Hangman Page. It should be Jimmy Jacobs if you were a real pro wrestling fan. How was your Christmas, Liam? Did you enjoy it? You had a, we, had, we had a week off. People have gone a week without listening to the sound of our voice. You have to update them on how everything went. Yeah, who, I don't give a rip about Christmas. We weren't singing Christmas carols under the candlelight. Probably not. I might have. I don't Dashing recall. through the snow. In a one husband's sleigh. Oh, where we go. It's over the fields we go, not over. Laughing all the way. Ha, ha, ha. Solid performance. Thank you. As you're unscrewing lids as usual. And I was (laughs) playing with plastic, which is even more, which is even worse because it has no value to the podcast. At least when I'm unscrewing lids, it's because I'm trying to lubricate my voice. Yeah, stop getting distracted by things around you. (laughs) I got so many knickknacks. Uh, actually, we, some of the, no, shut good. up. No one cares about wrestling. I don't know what knickknacks I have. Go on. I have a Just Men shower gel kit, which comes with Ooh. socks, apparently. This was actually, so one, of, will be this nice. was actually one of my Christmas presents, ironically. So you'll, you'll smell nice, and your feet will be clean, and then you'll have something to put this on. This is a live unboxing. That makes sense. I'm going to review these socks. They are green and stripy, which is somewhat in the Christmas spirit, I imagine. Oh god, he's got tight socks. They go to the middle of the shin. That's very high. Do you like a high sock or are you a low sock kind of guy? I'm more of a low sock kind of guy. I am traditionally a high sock kind of guy, but lately I've converted to the sports anklet sock. And I've been, I've been wearing them quite frequently. It is very warm where you are right now. It's on fire, mostly. It's very on fire. And uh, what are the knickknacks? <laughs> this is the knickknack podcast. I have lip balm. Mm. Are you a user of the lip balm? No, what I mostly is lick my lips. Ugh, it's not good for your lips, allegedly. Why? That's that's literally your bodily fluid. It can't be that bad. Yeah, but you don't just ingest old bodily fluid. Why not? Mm, it's probably not good for you in the long run. And, um, Listen, when I vomit something up, I eat it back down. That's the way it works. I have another Christmas present here. Mm-hmm. I have a Star Wars action figure, as I apparently am now a budding Star Warsian. Well, well, who is it of? It is of Rey. Is it Kylo Ren? It's of Rey. Ooh. I support women in cinema. Yeah. It's not a bad figure, you know? I, I, I appreciate the uniformity of Star Wars figure packages. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Star Wars uh, figures before? No, I haven't. They always they come in a standard black box, and they're on their um 100th series now, I believe. And um, that's a lot of action figures. Yes. Well, I assume it's what six per series, seven. I it doesn't actually say on the back, which is normally what they do, but um, all of the boxes uh, are basically the same, at least for the black series, from my understanding. I'm not a, I don't know a lot about them. But 
I appreciate uh, a figure series that can stick to the same box. Unlike the WWE figures, which change like every 10 sets, I suppose. Mm. And they also have some Yu-Gi-Oh cards, which have been sitting here for five years, I think. Ooh. Mm. Is there a Blue-Eyes White Dragon there? Uh, no, this is a zombie deck. Oh. oh I, have a DV- I have a mystery DVD. <laughs> Ooh, what is it? <laughs> um, it's a Ring of Honor DVD. A compilation DVD. Uh, That's unfortunate. Ring of Honor, From Love to Hate, The Jimmy Jacobs Story, Disc 2. Mm. My Jimmy Jacobs fandom coming through in spades on this podcast. A lot of Jimmy Jacobs adjacent things happening here. Much like this show. Uh, well, yeah, he's on it. Uh, Hangman Page is on it, which is adjacent to the decades. So there you go. It all ties together. Uh, NXT wasn't on what this week. What a hot start to this week. podcast. Yeah, Liam opens his Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah, do you have any Christmas presents within arm's reach? All of them are open. I have a stitch that's in a, a Halloween garb with a, a pitchfork. Very Christmassy. Yes, but I do love Stitch. Stitch is adorable. I'll provide my um, final... Ace. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Continue. I don't, want, I don't mean to cut you <laughs> a, off. A Super Mario mug. You got a lot of knickknacks. You seem like a knickknack guy. I'm a very on-brand kind of guy. Most of my presents... Oh, and actually, tickets to Scrapper Mania 6. Mm, which is going to be headlined by what, Garrett? Prediction. Uh, Scotty Davis against David Starr. In a death match. Sure. There you go. Those are all the Christmas presents I have within eyesight. I was going to say, at the end of the podcast, I'll provide a sock review. Mm. Uh, you know... <laughs> or you'll faint before the end when the circulation is cut off to your legs. Or from the smoke in the air. That's a that chance too. <laughs> you know, this is a big show for us. We have awards. Oh yes, we do. We have the first AEW and the first and best AEW show of the decade, mm-hmm. and an NXT clip show, I guess. But we have a lot of things to talk about, and we've spent the first five minutes of a normally one-hour-long podcast talking about the sordid knickknacks. Listen, we're going to spend uh, like two minutes on NXT this week, so really, we have to compensate. <laughs> yeah. This is going to, like, we're going to steal the flagship bit of just having 30 minutes of nothing at the start. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to get by on our personalities alone. No, oh, we're doomed. <laughs> no, no, we're both too soft-spoken, apparently. We're two, we're two nice young gentlemen who, 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 who cannot match the king of banter. I don't think I'm soft-spoken, but I've been told that now. You're, and now you're it's in my head. soft-spoken. You have a nice... You have Am nice... I? You have a nice, soft, pleasant Australian accent. I think it's just the accent as opposed to, like, how you speak. Mmm, alright. So, like, I'm trying to put energy in it, but I still come across as soft-spoken. Yes. An eternal uh, struggle that I will face. Oh, I have a letter. Who's it from? <laughs> Should I open it? I'm opening this letter. <laughs> What's in it? It's a letter from it's Tony. It's a, a cease and desist <laughs> from Tony Khan. Letter ASMR. Oh, it's from Vic Rhodes. Who's that? Cody's uh, brother? Vic Rhodes. <laughs> oh, it's my driver's license. You can drive now? Uh, a bit, no, this is my full driver's license. This is my mum's full driver's license. <laughs> Why do you have it? I don't know. She probably needs that. <laughs> <laughs> you just pulled over. It's like, I have it here somewhere. <laughs> this has been here for like two months. Oh, boy. Well... There we go. Good thing I did open that. I also thought my mum's photo was me. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure the resemblance is uncanny. Yeah, we both have long hair. NXT last week. I, I was going to watch NXT last week, but then I forgot to wake you up You made me time. watch it. I did. I was like, you Liam. said it was for professionalism. We've and I, go- <laughs> I watched about 50 minutes of it, and then I skipped through the rest. We've got to watch last week's NXT. They aired it on Christmas Day. Come on, what are they doing? Like, why didn't they put the matches they had last week on this week's episode and do the best of last week? What are they doing? Didn't they do, um, hella numbers, though? Well, they did 850,000 or something, but, like, they were That's unopposed on Christmas Day, so... Yeah, but that just means that a lot of people are fucking losers. Who have the USA network. Yeah, when you're like, oh, I've got to watch NXT on Christmas. It's like, that's not even, stop Not it. even NXT. I'm going to watch, like, the worst version of NXT. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to watch boring taped matches from two weeks ago. Are we just going to skim through this? Uh, apparently, Roger Strong and Austin Theory was very good. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the one match I have anything to say about, really. Is um, Austin Theory and Roger Strong 
fucked hard, as the kids say. Oh, sorry. I, I, I'm in the, the Brian Alvarez role here, so I've got to sit back in my chair and go, Liam, take us through our next day. Right, let, me, let, me, let me get some papers so I can shuffle notes. <laughs> oh, God. You're really attacking so, these poor listeners' ears today. <laughs> it's ASMR. They're all perverts anyway. Um... <laughs> So, Austin Theory, Roderick Strong was really, really good. It was 18 minutes long. Very long. Would I have given out about how long it was? <sighs> no, because it it escalated really well, I thought. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't one of these just long for the sake of being long matches. <laughs> I do have a Maro quote from it, too. Oh, wonderful. When it comes to chops, Roderick Strong has more slaps than the Beatles. He already... he That's the second time he used the slaps by the Beatles line. Son of a bitch. In like two weeks. He must have, it was probably the same taping and it's just like, I'll just roll out my lines. He also used the word chicklets twice on this show. In relation to what? I don't know. I just wrote the note chicklets used for the second time. <laughs> okay. When I was watching this match, it was, Austin Theory reminds me of young Randy Orton. Uh, that's fair. Like, just like, kind of a pretty dude, cocky dude, really athletic Tall. And the way he sells is a lot like young Orton too, where he'll go from like trying to be somewhat stoic and cool guy, but then he'll like over-exaggerate his facial expressions. Mm. Yeah, it's just an interesting point that I noticed. So what you're saying is he'll he'll be good for like, I don't know, five or six years and then stop trying completely? And then he'll have a really good feud with Christian. Yeah. Um, Pat McAfee? McAfe- or, Mac- or McAfee? How, would you, how do you say his name? I think it's McAfee. Um, him and Sam Roberts are awful, and I never want to see them ever. Why again. were they on NXT? Um, it was a they were okay. So, do you know what? Not know what the show actually was? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it was it was three matches, I think, from Full Sail, right? And three matches from SmackDown tapings at Barclays, and in between the matches, they cut to Pat McAfee, Sam Roberts. And is it Dasha, I think? I really didn't pay attention. Didn't Dasha go to AEW? Well, then it's not Dasha. It's the other one. And um, they cut. They kept cutting in between them all. Uh, Kathy Kelly, it was. <laughs> and they would just have, like, little quips about the matches in between. And they were all wearing red. Okay. Yeah, it was boring and it was bad. But go watch the Austin Theory Roderick Strong match. There you go. That's NXT covered for you this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Uh, they also announced uh, a match for Worlds Collide. Oh, good. Will I be excited by it? I mean, maybe. What How do you it? feel about eight-man tags? Usually indifferent. The Undisputed Era will face Imperium at Worlds Collide. That's cool enough, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they were putting over, like, Walter as this big deal, which would actually be good if Walter was a big deal. If they did bury him at Survivor Series? Or make him go 50-50 with everyone he faces. Yeah, this company's stupid. Yeah, that's really it for NXT. Um, the only thing of note from the Brooklyn shows was that Isaiah Scott and Jack Gallagher really kept the crowd, unlike the other two NXT matches. And Keith Lee isn't as over as you'd think in front of that audience. He still they got a reaction, but I didn't. I expected like, oh, that guy from Survivor Series. And so, it didn't feel like that. No, I, don't, I think like that. That match was an effective showcase of Keith Lee, but I don't think anybody cares about Keith Lee. If he had a pinned Roman, it would have been better. Yeah. Or they followed up on it at all. Or if he wrestled Roman, people would have been into him. <laughs> mm. Keithley does the powerbomb on the apron, mm-hmm. which used to be a kill move that would put people out. <laughs> and he just does it as a move. It's very odd. And we also had uh, NXT last night, which was an award show, so I, I I only looked at the awards. But who cares about the awards? We have the more important awards coming later in this show, Liam, so we're not even going to talk about NXTs. The War Game Awards. Nice, well done. But also, I think you made that pun <laughs> during the 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 game award when when we were talking about covering the game awards. I think you made that same pun. But did I? I think so. <laughs> Hell yeah! See, I'm on I'm on the money. I'm punny. But we also had the reveal of the Dusty Classic teams, which it's a boring looking tournament. <laughs> Except that time splitters are going to be in it. Gallus, you got Gallus. We're going to see some 2014 New Japan. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna face the grizzled young vets. It's oh. <sighs> yeah, it'll be fine. I thought like that. I thought the idea of the Dusty Classic was it was people who don't like each other teaming as well. I guess they've thrown that out the window. Yeah, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne hate each other. Mm. Forgotten <laughs> sons. 
God, when we were, as you said, when we were putting together the teams for because for the awards we picked four from each company and then another option, but when we were putting together the teams for best tag team of the Wednesday Night Wars, God, it really brought it home how terrible the NXT tag team division is. It's like for as much shit as AEW gets for its terrible women's division. Mm. NXT deserves the same amount of shit for its terrible tag team division. It just, it, it's not even a division. It's Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, and then nobody else. <laughs> I considered putting War Machine on it. Oh, or like Street Profits, even though they've and, had one and match. They had, and War Machine had one match. And oh. I considered putting him on it because I was like, eh, it was good. Or like The Revival, probably, because they had that other one match. <laughs> Surprisingly... Forgotten Sons got zero votes. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> they got my front runners. That's a teaser for you. So let's go on to AW Dynamite, the first Dynamite of the year. AW, every, there was a lot of hand wringing about AW toward the end of the year, wasn't there? A lot of like, oh no, AW, it's all going downhill. It's all tragic. It's all, AW is terrible. The Dark Order is going to ruin AW. We, AW are going to close. John Moxley has an out clause. He's going to leave. AW is doomed. Then they come back in the new year and have another great show. It's like, well. <laughs> yeah, well, if you were that, like, doom and gloom about it you were stupid there was people that were that kind of that there was that was like the tone of the discussion though it was very strange it's like whenever people say this kind of stuff i just want to scream in their face it's been three months yeah they're doing fine this company's not closing anytime soon guys <laughs> they will have peaks and valleys like any company ever will they can't hit it out of the park every single week they should liam well, then this podcast would be very boring, because you know the answer every week. That was the first, like, ten weeks of this podcast, though. <laughs> yes, and they were very boring. <laughs> no, we're great. We're entertaining. We talked about knickknacks. Uh, we opened uh, AW Dynamite with a video package about how the elite have been defeated, and how they're down and out, and how everyone's taken their turf. A- an idea I would have liked if it was the story they actually told. That, like, the elite started this company, they created this platform, then everybody came in and took it from them. I thought, I think that would have been a really cool story to tell, but they didn't. They're just, like, they're kind of retconning that onto the last three months. Just so this show can have a hook that, oh, the elite have to get back into their groove. But maybe that's their key. Like, doing these, like, big one-show storylines as opposed to the long-term ones. Uh, Taz joined us on commentary because Tony Giovanni is off commentating basketball somewhere again or something or football or whatever one of those American sports that I can only watch in short bursts I miss you Tony uh, I thought commentary was JR was constantly, consciously trying harder you could actually you could tell he was like trying to up his energy levels and put more effort into it and being more enthusiastic and less JRful but JRful mm. I like that I assume that was a Garrett original. Yeah, look at me and my puns. You uh, you weren't pleased, though. I think you've just gotten sick of the sound of JR's voice. <laughs> I have. I don't want to hear him anymore. I don't want to compare it to PS- PTSD. I was going to say PSD. <laughs> but it might be PTSD. You just can't. You've heard of me bad too often that like you just wince. You anticipate it. Yeah, it's like what it was for Moro until I just started laughing at him. You should just start laughing at JR. There you go. Problem solved. Yeah, but I want to like JR. I've given up on more. I don't want to give up on you, JR. Uh, I didn't really consciously notice Taz during the show, in a neither, neither a good way or a bad way. He was he was fine. He was there. He's. I like him. Um, I would prefer if it was Taz, Tony, and Excalibur. Uh, we have Chuck Taylor and Excalibur to look forward to on Dark, though. So yes, and uh, where is Golden Boy? I assume just busy with other commitments. Yeah, he's a very busy man, because he does like Overwatch League and every eSport under the sun. But yeah, he's he hasn't done much lately, has he? Mm. Robbed for eSports Caster of the Year. Uh, didn't Shox win that? Yeah. Worthy winner. Shox is great. Yeah, but we got to root for our wrestling boys. That's true. Darby Allen versus Cody Rhodes opened the show with a damn good match. Uh, I think substantially even better than their... Uh, which one was that, that? That was a fighter Fest, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, substantially better than the Fight Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fall, and they're similar names and being two weeks apart during the summer. It's like which one was which? Uh, but this was at Daily the Daily's place where Fight for the Fall was also held. So doubly confusing. That was the that was the Bucks Roads match, sir. Yes. Yeah. Darby Allen. Uh, Cody defeated Darby Allen in a damn good match. I said much better than that match. I I didn't love that match. I thought this match was great. I don't have a lot of takes on this match. I watched it and it was competent 
and it didn't bore me, and it had a cool finish. Yeah, I thought this was uh, a lot of Cody's TV matches where it's just like this is a yeah. really damn good television wrestling match, and there's not like the, they did some nice stuff around working over the knee and working over the elbow, and uh, Cody sold that real well. And they just had a good match. Oh, I do have to talk about Aaron Anderson. Aaron Anderson and ringside uh, was Cody's official head coach. And I really liked that Like at the end, he got up on the apron and like shouted for Cody to get the knees up, get the knees up. And he got the knees up and cradled him like he did Sammy Guevara on the first episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh, which, maybe that's a callback. Maybe it's a reflection of how they're getting back to their roots. I don't know. I'm reading too much into that. But I really like the idea... Yeah, that seems a little reachy. <laughs> um, I really like the idea that uh, Iron is like an actual coach. He's there at ringside, like, calling the play. He had his notes out. He was he was making notes. He was writing them down. He was reading. He was researching mid-match. He was covering his mouth when he was communicating with Cody, just in case Darby Allen can lip-read. <laughs> To be fair, if there's one person on the AEW roster that can lip read, it's definitely Darby Allen. It really is. So yeah, I, I like I liked how they've implemented Aaron Anderson into Cody's shtick. I like Daily Place as a Daily's place as a venue to it's, TV. It's I, we're going to get the show on the boat in a couple of weeks as well. So like good venues for AEW this month. Darby should cough and drop off the boat into the water or just <laughs> on, into someone into Chris Jericho on a floaty. Nice. Why am I not given the pen, damn it? SE were backstage. Uh, they were cutting a promo before they were interrupted by Sammy Guevara. And then we are getting Sammy against uh, Daniels next week. I like Sammy's gimmick of just showing up and being a prick. He's an Instagram influencer douche who shows up filming his vlog everywhere. And everyone's like, go away. And it's the best. I love him. He's like my favorite character on this show. <laughs> AEW Women's Championship 4-Way. Uh, we had uh, Riho defending against Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida in another damn good wrestling match. There was three, three and a half, there were four, four damn good wrestling matches on this show. This was a damn good wrestling show where they were just like, all right, we, we've kind of lost touch of our roots. We're kind of, we've gotten very bitty. We've gotten very away from, I think, the kind of wrestling show people wanted us to produce. So they started this, this show. It's just a great wrestling show. And Rio retained in a great wrestling match where... Uh, Nyla Rose is ideal in these kind of matches because I don't think she she's quite there yet to hold a singles match entirely by herself. Not always, anyway. Uh, whereas in a match like this, she can just get her shit in and kill people. It's ideal. I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter about people who are not into the Rio title run. She's the best wrestler on this show. <laughs> yeah, Rio's great. And this title run is really good. It's been like the highlight of each episode that she's wrestled. Fair enough. I, I, I can understand you Next being... to Jericho promos. <laughs> A little mad that she disappeared, but mm. like every time she wrestles on the show, she's the best wrestler on the show. Like as much as we've been, I think Hikaru Shida's been great, and Nyla Rose was great in this match. Uh, Chris Statlander has been great in recent weeks, but Rio's been the better than all of them consistently. They turned her absence into a storyline, which I can appreciate. Yeah, Britt Baker is mad that Britt's uh, Britt's here losing every week like a, a pro. <laughs> I'll just get to that now. People on Twitter are acting like that Britt promo was this saviour of her character and it's like this is what we've been waiting for this whole time this Brit promo and I was like this promo was fine I would have said it was an actively bad promo <laughs> but Aaron, I was trying to be nice I was trying to be political yeah it's bad it was <laughs> she just talked so quickly she this wasn't good. I don't know why you're pretending like Brit. This is the save of the Brit character and it was the everyone was taking a victory lap on Brit because of it. Like uh, you were giving out about Brit in the match during the match, and I'm like, Britt's been fine in this match, and then she it was, got that it, was, it was bits in the match that I didn't like. And I thought Britt was broadly fine in the match. You know, she 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 did her stuff fine, and then a promo. It's just like she's she's rushing through it at a million miles an hour. She's not like emphasizing anything. She's not delivering anything. She's just like trying to get through her lines. Yeah, it feels like one big long sentence. Yeah, it's like breathe, Britt. Breathe. You're a dentist. You should be master of <laughs> Which breathing. she told us this time. I, if she, if her heel shtick is that she make, in every promo mentions she's a dentist, I'll be way into it. Oh, they're definitely leaning into that. They're 100% she's going to mention she's a dentist all the time. Afterwards, Nyla murdered Rio, and that'll probably be her out to lose to Statlander next week? Uh, is this? Uh, my thought process there was that that sets up Nyla to be the, um, what's the name of that show again? <laughs> Revolution? <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Be the revolution challenger while uh, Statlander faces Kong. Just quickly. Mm -hmm. Didn't NXT have a show called Our Revolution? Yeah, no, it was Our Evolution, not a Revolution. It's completely different. Yeah. Okay. 
And cool. TNA had a stable called Revolution. Yeah, well. With James Storm. Or I guess, I guess like they could still do Nyla against Rio and Kong against Statlander, but like the belt could be on the like if the, the, that either of those could be a title match if Statlander wins. So we'll see. I like how Nyla came back from suspension to immediately receive a title shot. At least like that they mentioned that on commentary again, where it's like, oh, she was so dominant before she got suspended that she's still in title contention even when she's been gone for a month. <laughs> was she though? She was number four on the rankings and had lost like. Every single dynamite match. Listen, she only got the title match because Quit Stanlander was double booked, and they had to give everyone else it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> of the debacle that was the Chris Stanlander double booking, the worst thing, the, the, like Nyla Rose getting a title shot, is probably the lowest on the pecking order. Yeah, she should have just not. She should have just. I don't get turning down a title match on TNT on an unopposed AEW show. Well, she she had a prior commitment, and she honored that commitment. Uh, cool for her, I guess. Which like she, that commitment was known about when she became. We there's no reason to get into this. This has been gotten into over the last two weeks. It was stupid. Well, we weren't here, so. But like like that that title shot was like they knew she was booked on New Year's Day when she gave they gave her the number of contenders. That neither they nor she say at any point I I'm not available on the date of the show in which I have to get this title shot. Alas, maybe she didn't know when she was getting the title shot when she won number one, number one contendership. When you're working with talent who are still working indie dates, you might need to let them know that kind of stuff. Mm. Maybe they just assume that she'd take the shot and turn down whatever she was doing. Well, that's, if you've made a prior commitment, you should honor the prior commitment. She did the right thing. It was AW that screwed up. Uh, speaking of screwing up... God, that low blow segment. <laughs> <laughs> the one miss on this show I feel uh, well it was like people always give out about stuff like this it was 20 seconds on the show stop it uh, Joe, but, like, Joe... you could, but you made the point in the DMs <laughs> this was clearly this should have I hope this is a pre-tape mm-hmm. and if it was they should have done another take yeah because uh, George and I was being interviewed by was it Alex Marvez yeah yes. and and Penelope Ford showed up behind him kind of low blow she low blowed him but it wasn't like a very impactful looking low blow and then well, they just we didn't see it we they, didn't see the low blow we saw their reaction yeah it's just and then we we held Which on is the good re- in theory yeah we held on the reaction for a few seconds while they like panned up slowly to kip sabian being revealed and penelope ford as well and it's just like what was this this is like no which I guess means the Christmas match with Sean Spears is the blow off to that. I was about to dark. say, yeah, that's that's the blow off to the 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 big Sean Spears and Joey Janela program. To be fair, that um, match had Jesus, and you can't get much bigger than Jesus, can you? Well, WWE had God once, so God actually he wrestled. Sh- I was gonna say, didn't God? God didn't show up though. He was booked in the match though, so he no showed. That's even worse. The Dark Order are not dead, they are still alive, and they, they have a, a leader, an exalted one, as they said. Mm. I, I don't mind the Dark Order being in a mid-card role in the show. It's where they should have been. They should have a, a mid-card tag team program with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, where they're trying to recruit Jungle Boy. That should be their... That's that's just that's, that's an over-in-a program that's not over-pushing them, it's not putting them into terrible... Uh, feuds with the elite which i think they just kind of blew off here being like we've beaten the elite it's fine it's done i don't think they're gonna give up on that one yet i, I don't think they're gonna push them and I, I don't think whatever they were going to do with the elite is going to happen yeah i, I think a toned down version will happen unless that's uh as you, as you predict the exalted one is marty Skrull. i i didn't predict that i saw that and i thought that was an interesting an interesting idea that the exalted one was marty Skrull, and that the dark order were a subsidiary <laughs> Of villain enterprises. <laughs> yes, a, a, it, it's all a, a business transaction. All of this, it would be funny if the Dark Order like pulled the mask off and just like, uh, or just uh, milking these people for money. This is basically a pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah, they take off the masks and they're just they're like, we are capitalist pigs. And then David Starr comes in, and boom, feud of the year, feud of the decade. David Starr against Marty Skrull is your big AEW program. I mean, in six years. John Moxley defeated Trent in another very good match, another very good showcase for Trent as as a guy who's losing the bigger stars on the show, but he's he's gaining from it. Uh, they're not pushing him right now, so they just have him in good matches against big people on the show. Eventually, he'll get there. Uh, John Moxley won good match. Um, it's everything that I wanted from this match. Hmm. It was cool to see Trent 
Don't call him Beretta. Versus John Mox. For two former IWGP United States challengers? Because I don't think he won it. But they have both competed for the title. Uh, well, John Moxley won the title. Trent didn't. Like a coward. Trent, but he did compete. Uh, during this match, Orange Cassidy... Well, well, Chuck Taylor was slapping the apron, you know, trying to get the crowd fired up. And Orange Cassidy next to him just, like, slowly raised his hand and, like, just dropped it down nonchalantly in the apron. It was very good. We need to start getting Orange Cassidy to verse these serious wrestlers. Yeah, we, we want a full John Moxley, Orange Cassidy program, people. Not just a, a brief ex- hands-in-the-pockets exchange. Speaking of storylines that got dropped... Nakazawa getting kidnapped. <laughs> I think they blew it off on Dark. Did you watch Dark last week? Uh, no, it was on Being the Elite. What? And the blo- the blow off was, "Hey, you're all right, Nakazawa." He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> I I would have preferred if Pac just held him over Christmas. He's had him for two weeks. <laughs> that would have been great BTE content if it was Nakazawa having Christmas with Pac. <laughs> yeah, this Christmas dinner. Nakazawa tied to a chair while Pac is eating a turkey. Uh, after the match, Sammy Guevara came out and he's like, "Hey, hey there, Mox. Jericho's not here, so I have to be the person standing in for him." But then Jericho showed up, and then he was like, "Did his cool entrance?" Mm. Uh, Jericho showed up on the screen, being like, "Hey, we have a car for you. You can be uh, executive vice president of the Inner Circle," which is a good line. He also offered him forty-nine percent of Inner Circle LLC. Yes, which is a company. I assume that's also a subsidiary of Villano Enterprises. Um, no, it's a rival firm. I see. They are law, they are law firms. I've decided. So, uh, despite them saying that Moxley would answer this week, Moxley will in fact answer next week. Yeah, I was wondering, did they actually say that Mox was going to give his answer this week? I'm pretty sure the graphic was like, will John Moxley answer Chris Jericho? So I guess they technically framed it as a question. But the implication Damn. was that he would answer. And they, they, they bait and switched us to him because Chris Jericho's probably in Japan. He's going to answer in Japan. Well, Mox is also going to be in Japan. Well, Mox clearly more dedicated to AEW because he was there for the show and Chris Jericho wasn't. I think they were both there for this show. Uh, I think the fact that they did a Jericho video means he's probably already gone. <laughs> I think, no, he was out the front. No, he actually is in Japan, isn't he? Because he posted that video with Tanahashi. Yeah. Which I suppose this is our cue to talk about that? Uh, the AEW title shot is on the line. Jericho will win and it won't lead anywhere, but it's the seeds. Uh, like, there's, there's, there's only ends one way, people. There's only one yeah. way these two companies go eventually. I don't think it's in yeah. the near future. I still think it's months down the line. But, like, the, yeah. the, 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 the gravitational pull of pro wrestling will pull these two companies together, whether they want to or not. Yeah, it's gonna happen, guys. It may not happen... The Bucks and Kenny may not show up January 5th to beat up Ibushi, but it's going to happen eventually. Unfortunately, Tanahashi did not show up on this episode of AW Dynamite. I know, I, I really wanted him to show up just, just for the meme of it all. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he shows up and then Jericho's like, I'm in Japan. <laughs> it beats up Sammy Guevara. Oh, he beats up the inner circle. That would rule. I think it's really interesting that the announcers are putting over this Jericho offer as a legitimate offer. And they're not going like, oh, this is Jericho trying to get out of fighting Mox. Because that's what I thought this story was. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of stupid by the commentators that they're just like, um, yeah, maybe he's this isn't a sincere offer from Chris Jericho. Excalibur, please. <laughs> One of you. <laughs> At least, like, raise the question, yeah. Sammy Guevara defeated Dustin Rose after interference from Jake Hager in a... is fine. Wait, you're skipping over the cue card promo. Oh yeah, the, Sammy did another cue card promo where he's like, Hey, Box, accept the offer. Also, what was Victoria Justice's sister? I'd like to bang you. Here's my Instagram account. Slide into my DMs. I didn't know Victoria Justice, A, was still relevant. Mm-hmm. And B, who was her, her sister? There's... Are these things that like I should be kept up with? The, I, you know me. I'm a, like a pop culture monolith. <laughs> so but, like, Victoria no Justice was like when I was like 10 yeah which was like two years ago in fairness and that was 12 years ago for sure i'm burying you for being a young person i'll be 30 this decade you can't say that to me anymore so yeah uh, Sam- also sammy said he'd break dustin's hand this time i think he was his hand and his back yes and, and his he- leg he had a nice little uh, diagram of the broken arm <laughs> which the announcers loved <laughs> yes this match uh, was kind of long and boring though yeah, it was Dustin did a Canadian destroying the apron, which was cool, I guess. Then Jake Hager did his his Hager effect, which is a low blow, and he pinned him. I Can assumed we get did that. Hager and Dustin, please. 
so we can move on to Hager and Darby. I assume Hager and Dustin is the revolution match. That's going to get all those buys. Yeah, that's the big pay-per-view match, the big Jake Hager debut. How far away is Revolution? Uh, end of February. It's leap day, so it's eight weeks away. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's a lot of build. I'm sure you're excited. Uh, Private Party, backstage with Paige, Hangman Page, Hangman Page is drunk, Private Party are obnoxious. Aren't Private Party baby faces? They weren't obnoxious here. They're obnoxious every time they're on screen, Liam. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. It's like, ah, look at those guys. It's not a boo. It's not even a, a boo. It's like, ugh, those guys. <laughs> I don't think it's that at all. I thought they were real. I thought they were funny here. I don't think that's how it's intended to come off. That's how it comes. Maybe it's I, my default objection of, to young people. Yeah, I no. I think that the, the, the idea is that they're meant to be like these funny, wacky dudes, and they're meant to be cool. I don't get the cool thing. They are kind of corny, but I do think they are fun and wacky. No, I think they're just annoying. I don't like anything about the Private Party Act other than the wrestling. I think the music is terrible. I think their rope entrance is kind of dumb. They stole it from Robbie E. They stole the rope entrance from Robbie E. It's a private party and we're all invited. Which means it's not that private if everyone's invited, by the way. The the theme song contradicts itself. Mm. I do appreciate Hangman Page just like going, your party sucks. Yeah, fight you next week with Kenny Omega. MJF comes to the ring and he's like, oh, I'm going to fight you, Cody. MJF is British now. Uh, If you give me a cage match and I could beat you with a whip. There you go. That was strong. And he also kissed a bunch of women. As one does. Yeah, this MJF promo was fine. It's an MJF promo. It really was. Got the job done. There was a Jurassic Express promo that, um, I don't know what they said because music cut them off at the end. <laughs> they were like, oh, we're going to try harder next year. And Marco is a child, I think. Yes. Despite being older than Jungle Boy, <laughs> Marco's gimmick is that he is a literal child. He is puny. He is a small boy. And thus, not mature? Apparently. And yeah, then uh, to, uh, to, uh, Jurassic... What's the name of the, the dinosaur? Jurassic Express. <laughs> oh, dra- uh, fucking Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, there we go. It's been, uh, this is what happens to me. If you make me go two weeks without watching something, I'm like, what are the names of all of these people? <laughs> God forbid we ever revisit any of the projects we do in our spare time. Yeah, Luchasaurus said something, apparently, but they played music over him for some reason, so I have no idea what he said. Their production stuff, they gotta work on that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, just cut the background music when these people are talking, what are you doing? <laughs> Maybe we're just so used to the production powerhouse that is the World Wrestling Federation, that, like, these little foibles are extra noticeable. I don't know, I watched Impact for <laughs> 15 years, and it was never, like, Impact's production was always better than this, but... Next week, we have Rio against Chris Statlander, a tribute to Memphis Legends, the Rhodes Brothers against the Lucha Bros, Sammy Guevara against uh, Christopher Daniels, Private Party versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, plus John Moxley answers Chris Jericho. That's a good episode of television. Uh, it feels like they've got a kick in the ass, and they're like, shit, we got to do stuff. Yeah. We, can't, we can't rest on our laurels, if that is a term used correctly. You, it is, and you did. Riho and Britt Baker had that backstage thing before we had the Elite against the Lucha Brothers and Pac in a tremendous main event. I love this main event. But before that, we had the best segment of the show. What? Hangman Page coming out drunk? Which which was two minutes of a production meeting oh, followed yes. by Hangman Page drunkenly walking across the barrier <laughs> to get to the announce table. <laughs> There was, yeah, there was a whole thing about JR being like, where are we going? What do we do? And who's coming up? There's a Rio pre-tape. Are we going to that first? Oh no, there's a Luchasaurus pre-tape. Then we introduce the matches next week. Then we go to a Rio pre-tape. And all of this happened over like two minutes on on, on fight where you could hear them working. Like, the shortage is a format in front of them. Why do, why do they need this? To be fair, I never want this to get cut out though. No, I, I always want JR production meetings on air. Yeah, it's good. And then like... The pre, like, the warming up of um, Adam Page. Like, hey, there's a cough button. If you need to cough, you can press that. Page is fine on commentary. Yeah. I, I liked the little, um, so you're teaming with Kenny next week. And he's like, oh, that's the first, I, that's the first thing I heard, I've heard about that. And the the other note from uh, Page in the match was um, JR asking that he's like, you've, you've been trying to get away from the Elite. And Page responding with, yeah, I have been trying. <laughs> so, yeah. He's getting more and more disenfranchised with the Elite and their refusal to let him go. 
that leads us into the Elite defeating Lucha Brothers Impact. The Elite are back, Liam. It's fine. Everything is fine. They, they won this match. This match is great. I love this match. This It's, it's a freaking... Every single one of these matches. It's just like big, dumb six-man tags with loads of moves. And I'm like, yes. This is pro wrestling. Mm. I appreciate these crazy Bucks matches a lot more because we don't get them all the time anymore. Yeah, when there, there used to be like four of them a week on the indies. Just like Bucks going nuts. But it's like, so, yeah. I can appreciate getting a wacky six-man every now and again. And for a guy who generally loves doing his, like, overly long epics, Kenny Omega's very good at these matches. And he hasn't even done the overly long epics since joining All Elite, I think. Well, the, the Moxley one was... Yeah, the... but that was a different beast. It was still 40 minutes long. I suppose that was, um... That was a New Japan main event if it was uh, billed as a deathmatch. Yeah, if New Japan did deathmatches, that, that would be what a New Japan deathmatch looks like. So get excited for Lance Archer versus Dean Ambrose. Which probably at least won't go 40 minutes. I can guarantee you it won't go 40 minutes. Yeah, great main event. Uh, great show. AW's back. They beat NXT this week. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> it really feels like um an early AW show. Yeah, it felt like, like we're getting back to basics. We're just having good wrestling and simple angles. And that's it. That's all we need. To match of the night, for me, it's a six-man main event. Uh, well, it doesn't really count as a match of the night, but I, I would say I liked Austin Theory and Roderick Strong more than the main event. That was last week. It doesn't count. Well, then, the six-man. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you want from me? <laughs> if NXT had that match tonight, it would be allowable. Okay. Well, then, <laughs> the six-man. Well, which show did you prefer? <laughs> Uh, of course, uh, AEW Dynamite, because I definitely watched NXT. Um, well, no, by your own logic, there was no competition, so AEW hey, wins. They had a show on the air. They had a best of. They just didn't put anything on it. Ah, yes, we didn't watch the best of, so... Because Good work, we... Dynamite. You're back on track. Undefeated in the new decade. Exactly. We have awards, Liam! I I don't know the results. Yes, you wouldn't I... tell me. Liam was like, can I know the results, please? And I'm like, no, we must have drama on the air. Dun, 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 uh, so Liam doesn't I'll know I'll make a prediction won. of who won. And, yeah. We, we actually, when we both voted, because obviously I was the first person to vote, and then when I sent it to you, you were the second person to vote, we both voted for different people in every award except for best overall show, um, which I don't think is much of a surprise. We'll go top to bottom and then back down to bottom. So we'll go through the individual awards and then go to best show. So starting with... I'm just going to say, are you going to go three to one? Um, third place, second place. Sure. Best on interviews during the Wednesday night war, Liam. Who do you think? Who do you think was the three to one? Oh, do you want me to predict the three to one? Yes. Oh, that's way harder because I forget the nominees. All right, you can just predict who was first. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do a winner and a runner up. Sure. Uh, my prediction for runner up is Cody Rhodes, and my prediction for winner is Chris Jericho. We had fifty six people voting in the years of awards, by the way. Our wonderful listeners. Thank you. Uh, Cody, number two. John Moxley, number three. Cody, number two. Chris Jericho, number one. There were six votes between them, so a decent margin Chris Jericho won by. Who did you vote for, Garrett? I voted for Chris Jericho. I voted for Cody Rhodes. Because when I sent you this award, you were like, we should name this award after Cody, because he's going to win it so easily, and then Chris Jericho won Why it. did you have to out me in this way, bro? <laughs> Actually, they didn't need to know that. Even worse. I was like, Liam, can you send me four nominations from no, each, and then I'll adjust this. And... Liam left off this list. Chris Jericho, John Moxley, and MJF. He's had, like, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega on this list. <laughs> Alright, in my defense, I was I rushed out the first draft of this, by the way. Sure. The first draft, I rushed it out on my phone while doing other things. Because you were too lazy to do it. Yeah, well, I was going to fix it. I, you were going to do the work, and I was going to fix it, and it's fine. Well, there you go. And see, they didn't need to know this. They did, because you didn't put Chris Jericho on the best on interviews okay, list. Okay, and that's the first AEW sweep. I imagine we'll get an NXT sweep coming up. Uh, uh, interestingly, Keith Lee, zero votes. Tommaso Ciampa, zero votes. Uh, Finn Balor, one vote. Adam Cole, one really? vote. Really? Yes. All right, whoever's listening, because if you voted, you probably are listening still. Why did you vote for Finn Balor? You can DM us, the DMs are open. You don't have to be exposed, but I want to know why you voted for Finn Balor. They loved his shoot promo. Uh, one second, let me let me pull up the other awards as well. We'll see. There was a uh, two people were in other. I've I've actually I've just pulled up the, the the general results. I've had to download the other ones. 
So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. We'll see what people Who put the, under. I'm actually curious about the other. I hope one's Brandy. <laughs> yes, definitely Brandy Rhodes. Brandy Rhodes is the best promo. We had a vote for Wardlow, who has not spoken a word on the television show. <laughs> That's good, though. <laughs> and, uh, I like meme votes. We also had a vote, speaking of memes, for Scott Steiner, who has been on neither television show. Was that you? It was not me. Female wrestler of the Wednesday Night Wars. Who won it, Liam? I'm gonna predict... Um, I'm gonna predict Rhea Ripley on po- popularity runner-up Riho. Uh, winner actually we'll get three to one number three Riho with 11 yeah. votes number two Io Shirai with 12 votes and number one the best female wrestler of the Wednesday Night Wars is Rhea Ripley with 17 interestingly Shayna Baszler finished fourth with six votes and given I like think I voted for Shayna Baszler actually yeah given she was like the dominant force on NXT the entire time she finished fourth yeah but voting and year-end awards are a popularity contest we That's, heard this. I suppose. But yeah, Rhea Ripley is the best female wrestler of the Wednesday Night Wars. Who did you vote for, Garrett? I think I voted for Rhea Ripley. I don't remember. It was uh, I voted for Rhea or Shayna, and I don't remember which. I voted Shayna. Any others on this one? Any um, write-ins for... I don't even know who they would write in for. We, uh, Jordan Grace, apparently. <laughs> God damn it, people. <laughs> Take our votes seriously. <laughs> which Impact fan is writing in this? <laughs> oh, dear. Um... Best tag team of the Wednesday Night Wars. This was a very close vote, Liam. The team that won, won by one vote. Oh, shit. So who do you think it was? Um, I'm going to assume it's the Young Bucks. And number two, Kings of Strong Kyle. Uh, well, I left Roddy out. I, I specifically stated it's Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish. Who finished third? Uh, second was the Lucha Bros. First was the Young Bucks. 17 votes for the Young Bucks. 16 votes for the Lucha Bros. Very tight. Did Private Party receive any votes? Private Party finished fourth, but only with three votes. So there was like, there was a big gap. Hmm. Breezango got and a vote. <laughs> Good for them. The, the write-ins. <laughs> okay. The Steiner Brothers and Wardlow. <laughs> <laughs> As a trio? No, those are, there was two of them. One was the Steiner Brothers and one was the Wardlow. <laughs> Is Wardlow voting? Apparently, he's putting himself. Uh, there was a period. Lucha Bros were like four or five votes ahead of one stage, so they almost staged a comeback. There you go. Worked a vote worked much like their matches. Uh, who was the best wrestler of the Wednesday Night Wars, Liam? Who was it? Um. Well, I could. I voted for Leo Rush, but I don't think he won. No, Leo Rush received four votes. I'm gonna guess Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole finished third with six votes. Roderick Strong finished eighth, or finished second with eight votes. And by a whopping margin with 19 votes, over double the second place. The best wrestler of the Wednesday Night Wars is Chris Jericho. Oh, well, that makes sense. I was thinking purely of an in-ring perspective. Yeah, he is, he is true the, the MVP of both television shows, isn't he? Yes. What do you, would you quit fidgeting with things? Sorry, my mic broke. And you've been, like, clicking for, like, the last 45 minutes? <laughs> I've been clicking shit. You ain't, you ain't know me. The fans love it. Um, any write-ins? I hope Wardlow got a write-in. Uh, we got plenty of write-ins for this one. We got eight. So let's 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 go through them. Scott Steiner. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we got one for Phoenix. Two for Phoenix, actually. Phoenix yeah. was on my draft list, I'll have you know. I dumped him for, I think, Chris Jericho, who you left off. Uh, who won? <laughs> Io Shirai. <laughs> oh, yes. We got a vote for John Moxley, a vote for Cody, a vote for Rio, and another vote for John Moxley. So there you go. John Moxley was the one people thought should have been on this list, I guess. I guess if the list was five people, he probably would have been. Uh, interestingly enough, Kenny Omega two votes. Kenny well, Omega. You specifically, you specifically stated that his dark match stuff wasn't eligible. Yes, but like people didn't really. No one took that into account. <laughs> I did. Well, you did, and I did, I but no one else the rules. did. No one listens to me. Uh, best match of the Wednesday Night Wars. I don't know. Actually, I'm, I'm just going to leave it up. I don't know. Give me the top three, baby. Number three with 10 votes, Private Party versus The Young Bucks. Number two with 14 votes, Nick Jackson versus Phoenix. And number one with 16 votes, the best match of the Wednesday Night Wars so far is Leo Rush against Angel Garza 2. I wonder if there's a bit of recency bias on that one. I mean, it is. That's not what recency up. bias is. <laughs> Ugh. The word, the term has been changed. Okay, no, it's, it's not. evolved. It's, a, it's modernized now, and you have to accept it. A financial economics term about uh, how the past or the future is not going to be similar to the past, and we think it will be. 
Yeah, that's a worthy winner. That was, I think, one of the best mm. matches of the year. All right. Uh, so, what Scott Steiner match got a write-in vote? The the person who wrote in Wardlow specifically stated there were no uh, matches involving Scott Steiner. As such, <laughs> I didn't have a favorite match. <laughs> I need to know who this son of a bitch is. I can probably find their um, IP address. That <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna dox the Scott Steiner voter. Uh, Emmy Sakura and Jamie Hader versus Rio and Shanna, which is a really good match. And Leo Rush against Oni Lorkin. Oni Oni Lorkin got a vote. Oni Lorkin. And the big one, Liam. What was the best show? It was AEW. With seventy eight percent of the vote, forty vote four votes to twelve. All Elite Wrestling Dynamite was the better show than NXT over the period of twelve weeks leading into December. But we had already we had already decided this, so it was a foregone conclusion. I think the percentage is probably relatively similar to what it's been as well. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. Best television show is All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Best on interviews is Chris Jericho. Best female wrestler is Rhea Ripley. Best tag team are the Young Bucks. Best wrestler is Chris Jericho. And match of the Wednesday Night Wars is Leo Rush against Sage Garza. Those are our official listener awards, Liam. We did it. We finally awarded... Where... Oh, awards low. Damn it. Oh, such a good pun. There were so many opportunities. Uh, if only he had have been eligible. We will be back next week with our regular format because I assume NXT have a proper television show next week. Um, Liam, before we go, oh, where can people find you? Dynamite's cancelled next week. Yeah, because it's bad. Oh, it's doomed. Everything Boom. is doomed. Liam, Boom. internet, where people find you? You can find me at Larrikin. There you go. L-A-R-R-I-K-N. You can find me on Twitter at GarrettKDGA or ATTKDNY. You can find the podcast on Twitter at WarGamesPod. You can listen to Everything Elite for all your AEW coverage. You can listen to Shake Them Ropes for all your every other television show under the sun coverage. Thanks for listening and bye-bye. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.